For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? It's another Andor TV Talk, and I'm, I'm Bo. I guess I, I typically say that first, but yeah, I'm Bo, and this is Andor TV Talk. This band of brethren that we have gathered here for this Rebel Alliance, or, or pre-Rebel Alliance, uh, yeah, we get a little chance to get to know everybody on the team. Now, granted, I, I can't remember any of their names, but they all seem wonderful, what with their backstories and whatnot. This episode felt, at least from Cassian's standpoint, it felt very structured like a video game almost you know a lot of times when you're playing kind of a an rpg type video game you end up doing this thing where during some downtime you go around to your camp you've got all of these npcs that are like doing little projects around the camp and then you talk to them and you know you ask them like three or four questions and they give you a little bit of a backstory and they're like i don't trust you or hey soldier what's going on you know whatever it may be like you've got that whole moment kind of the quiet before the storm where you get a chance to get to know everybody on your team and it's interesting seeing in this little rebel cell how everybody comes to this for different reasons and yet it's all based on some form of vendetta, idealism, belief. One way or the other, they're being driven by something intangible, which binds them together and creates a sense of trust that when they learn that Cassian is there, not based off of anything intangible, but literally he is a hired gun, they don't trust him, which is so interesting to see. Because at this point, there's no real unifying factor other than they all just hate the Empire for various reasons. But but ultimately, they just hate the Empire and they're here to take it down. Cassian obviously doesn't have any love for the Empire either, but he's not really here for that. Like he, he has no problem in taking it to the Empire, but that's not what brought him into this situation that he has found himself in. We get to see further just how much Kyber is very much a resource that is extremely valuable. I think this is probably true prior to the rise of the Empire. You know, the, the Jedi had their various temples and mines across the galaxy where they would go and get their Kyber, but even to access those required use of the Force. And so these were not like just accessible to anybody on the street. And then we know on top of that, that the Empire is mining this on, you know, they've, they've gone through and located all of the source of the Jedi's Kyber, and they have pulled from that to start constructing the Death Star. So this resource has become more exclusive, more sought after. And you got to wonder about the one that Cassian is wearing around his neck. The fact that it's glowing blue, that would only happen based on everything we know thus far, if a Jedi had actually like activated the Kyber or rather that the Kyber had called out to a Jedi. It's never fully explained as to why this phenomenon happens, but Kyber in and of itself has no color. It's just white. It's just colorless. It's only after a Jedi finds the Kyber or the Kyber finds the Jedi, the crystal finds the Jedi, when those two connect that the color illuminates from inside the Kyber or the force activates something inside the Kyber, which gives it kind of the green or blue or purple or yellow or whatever the hue might be that speaks to the connection between the Jedi and the crystal. Lucas always was into this whole concept behind this connection between crystals and Jedi, and yet it never really fully got fleshed out in any of the main movies. We've seen this explored in The Clone Wars 
and in a lot of the different novels they've touched on this and so here it's just it's interesting that we see not just a kyber crystal but one that has in some form or fashion i assume been activated by a jedi at some point you know it's it's a it doesn't probably matter to the series but it's just worth noting so sith they don't it's you know sith do a process called bleeding the kyber crystal and that's the idea that they they take the crystal from a fallen jedi's lightsaber it might be their own but i do think they have to kill somebody in order to get it but regardless they take the crystal from that lightsaber and they they literally bleed it and in the process of doing so they they uh the crystal reacts by turning red and that's why you see sith with all these red lightsabers that's actually the crystal inside from a fallen jedi that at one point had a different color but has now become red. Kind of cool. Anyway, all that to say, we do see that the, the crystal itself does have a ton of value and the distrust is rampant amongst this group of rebels. Now, through the lens of Mon Mothma and Skarsgård's character, who I can never remember, I've been like, here's the deal. Skarsgård can play whatever. I'm always going to call him Skarsgård because his name is Skarsgård. Like, that's just a... <laughs> I know there's like 30 different scars guards in Hollywood, but like they all just have the like the best name. I think it's great. Anyway, we can kind of see from their vantage point that something is about to happen. Mon Mothma, you know, uh, she's living this very tense life. Her daughter doesn't respect her. Her uh, husband is very. <laughs> and so like she is kind of trapped in this life of, I mean, honestly, splendor and privilege. Like she's doing all right, all things considered. But she can't live comfortably in this world knowing the extent to which the Empire has corrupted the galaxy and the level of oppression that has been going on. We see her working the system, working in kind of the philanthropic world and that sort of thing, and we know that the tensions are running higher and higher as we're building to something. We don't quite know exactly what it is, right? And the same thing's true of Skarsgård. Skarsgård's like, he's on the radio waves. He's trying to figure out what's going on. He wants to know. It's like one more sleep until whatever this thing is. Now, I think... You know, we we can see everything that we've gotten thus far, and the mindset is like, okay, well, they're about to raid this this imperial garrison, and they're about to take this payroll, right? Right? I mean, that's what we've been told. That's what they've been told. But something that we've seen throughout the series is that they haven't been told the full truth throughout. And so I'm starting to think that what they're doing right now, not only is it not what everybody on the team thinks it is, but perhaps this is a coordinated attack on several different Imperial garrisons that are going to happen simultaneously, signaling to the Empire that a rebellion is currently active. We saw with that one lady uh, who was working in the ISD, like she was talking about how, you know, that we've got this thing that's happening on Kessel and this thing that's happening here, this thing that's happening here. And it seems random, but I don't think it's random. I think this is, this is something bigger. So I think what we're going to see as we kind of continue on in the series is, yes, the birth of the rebellion, but not just the birth of the rebellion, because we've seen that in different capacities. We've seen rebel cells. We've seen kind of the way in which they've risen up across the galaxy. I think this is when it's going to become an alliance. A rebel alliance is essentially going to be born in this series. And I think we're seeing kind of the lighting that spark, right? The spark that lights the fire, right? Like that's what we're we're seeing, I think, in this, in this series and what they're building up to. I don't think that we've been told the full truth. I don't think that they've been told the full truth. So I'm excited to see what ends up happening there. You know, uh, it's funny because like the, the imperial, you know, the wannabe uh, imperial dude who's at his mom's house on the forums. It's interesting seeing his situation in the sense that it's not that interesting, but I got to tell you, his mom is a great character. I just love the way that she was just like, like laying it on thick, the disappointment. I mean, it's just fantastic. And Uncle Harold, what do you think Uncle Harold does? Like, who is Uncle Harold? Like, Uncle Harold might be somebody, or maybe not. I don't know. I think Uncle Harold might be working for um for somebody blue. That's my guess. That's my guess. I think I think Uncle Harold might be a, uh, a, a, a gateway that allows for this kid 
to get connected to Thrawn. Again, you know, as I mentioned, I'm not entirely sure where this falls in the timeline. It's possible that Thrawn has already left, but given the fact that I do think we are seeing the birth of the Alliance, I don't know. It could have go either way. It could go either way. All right, but see, now I'm sitting here thinking about it, and I think Star Wars Rebels did take place when everything was really more fractured, and they weren't quite an alliance as of yet. So I ugh, I don't know. Is it so wrong that I want Thrawn to show up in this series? We know he's some, coming somewhere, and we know that Ahsoka's coming, and we know that, like... He's probably going to play a massive role in the Ahsoka series. So it just makes sense to me that like we might tee that up a little bit here. I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Regardless, the series continues to be beautiful. I love the tangible nature of it. I love how real everything feels and looks. Um, you know, the, the, the practical elements of Star Wars have always been some of the most just welcoming parts of the universe. It's the things that like like make this feel like a world you want to live in or could live in because of just how rough it feels. And this this has that rough of this era of Star Wars and I think it's doing a fantastic job. So let me know your thoughts. Use the hashtag and or TV talk. Let's take a look and see what all we can speculate as to the future together. Uh, that's going to do it for me for this week. Uh, you can find all of our contact information and more at tvtalk.fm and uh, yeah, I'll be back in a flash. <laughs>